Hi everyone, I'm Bev and I'm the host of People at Work podcast brought to you by Jostle. And at Jostle, we are a tech company building an employee intranet that helps connect everyone to everything that matters to them during their workday. But we're also out in the world trying to understand what's actually going on in work. And as we know from the past 18 months, a lot has changed in the world of work. And so we have opportunities to have conversations with all sorts of people from around the world to really try and understand how do we improve the experience that people have at work and how do we build brilliant workplace cultures for people to be part of. So today my guest is Rachel Lanham. Rachel is Voodle's Chief Customer Officer and she's obsessed with growing a tribe of Voodlers and being their voice in the organization. Voodle recently published their 2021 hybrid workplace report and Rachel is here to talk to us about some of the key findings including challenges and opportunities leaders are facing as they are transitioning to the hybrid reality. Welcome Rachel, it's great to have you here. Thank you, happy to be here. Yeah, so you and I have been getting to know each other a little bit over the last little while and we've both actually had a a research survey come out in the last uh, months here looking at different aspects of what remote work is is meaning and and doing to all of us and um, how do we move forward so really looking forward to digging into your report and hearing some of the findings as you've started to understand what hybrid work means right now. Yeah, thank you. Um, excited to kind of share our knowledge with each other. And uh, I think we've identified we're kindred spirits in this uh, marketplace of wanting to deliver solutions for people that are trying to succeed in this you know, new future of work, as well as just do well on our, you know, for our own teams um, and be good examples and, and share thought leadership um, as we have it. Yeah, so it's always wonderful for me to see companies that are actually setting aside time to invest in research and to add to the community of knowledge. And um, my first question for you is, why did you decide to study this particular aspect of the world of work at this point in time? Yeah, um, great question. So Voodle was born um, in February of 2020. (laughs) And within a month, we were um, in lockdown and obviously in a completely remote, um, you know, forced remote experiment. And um, as we were building Voodle as a product, my role was really to um, make sure our team could function and understand the best practices of remote work. And I, you know, what, one of the things I learned is you need to kind of put your culture down on paper. And so I was doing tons of research on what were the best practices in remote work. And we brought our solution to market in the fall of 2020. It's a short video, uh, async short video uh, app for teams um, and really purpose built for distributed teams, flexible, you know, all those words that you might be hearing these days. Um, to keep people feeling connected and efficient and still get that FaceTime without the Zoom fatigue. Um, and as you know, time was progressing and, and now the vaccines are getting in arms, people started talking about hybrid work. And that's really where we felt like things were going when we deployed this research, which was February, March is when we did the survey was, okay, we're all in this forest remote right now. People are starting to think about return to return to work, however you might define that, return to office. Um, so what what is that going to look like? The, the genie's out of the bottle. People are appreciating flexible, distributed work, and they don't necessarily want to go back to the office. And so we just felt like we needed, yes, there were a lot of surveys out there, but we kind of needed our own research to see what, um, you know, how short video could fit into that mix. And also... Um, 
I've mentioned to you before, but one of our advisors, this uh, woman, Dr. Britt Andriata, comes at the um, the kind of functioning of teams from a brain science perspective. And so we wanted to bring in her expertise as well as what we were hearing out in the world of you know what's next. And I think right now, obviously, the big buzzword is hybrid. Um, I'm starting to almost go, yeah, we were always hybrid. Hardly anybody was working in the same room. We were always a little bit distributed, but really the future of work is here. It's flexible, it's inclusive, it's distributed. So um, so that's really kind of our motivation was one, just to get a handle on what was going on and make sure we were building solutions that um, make life better, not just another you know, app in the mix, but that truly made, um, you know, help leaders be more successful as well as their teams. Yeah, and as you were going through looking at the results of the, the research, uh, to what extent did you have sort of a dual view of the world in terms of thinking about the, the findings in terms of Voodle's own culture and context versus advising on, you know, what others should be thinking about in terms of hybrid work? Yeah, I mean, for us, we're a startup, so we're 20 people strong. So we certainly have a certain lens of a smaller team. Um, and we're also a pivot from a different company. So a lot of us have been working together for a really long time and had strong relationships and we're used to being in the room together. So it was a big shift for us. So I think we look at ourselves as like the ultimate, um, I hate this phrase, but dog fooders of our product. Like, is, are we compelled to use Voodle? Is it so much better, you know, really to adopt a new application? Um, it has to be 10 times better than the status quo. It can't just be slightly better. And so we're always asking ourselves that. So we're kind of our own, you know, Petri dish. But also, you know, we all have to think about larger companies, larger teams. And certainly many of our early adopters come from that world so we can kind of compare um, and make sure we're not only building for ourselves, but we're building for, for others as well. But it has been... I think a great experience that we're going through this ourselves and we could have been temporarily remote, but we did make the decision to go remote first and give up our office and all the things that many companies have decided to do um, because it would kind of be silly to be building our product, but then saying for us, we needed to all be in the office. So that's kind of, I guess, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of, you know, our two, you know, our dual lens over here. Yeah, no, no, it, it does. And I, th I think it's it's really interesting for those of us who are in the space of creating connection products. And I think Jocelyn would fall in that um, category yeah. as well is, you know, to what extent are we actually putting our own products to the test in terms of the things that we're thinking about um, in terms of optimizing hybrid and remote and dispersed work for people, right? So I think it's an interesting time for us. Like, I think we, we are going to have to really put our money where our mouths are, you know, and, and really double down on believing that we can, we can bring value to people in this time of transition and beyond, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, with video, we're a video app. And so some people might say, well, you know, maybe developers or certain job types might be at, not as interested in using short video. But for us, we have to make sure that, you know, in our opinion, everybody should be compelled to use it. Um, so yeah, it, it is kind of a, like you said, there's, there's pressure, the pressure's on to really, you know, walk the walk. 
Well, I think it's good to um, have your feet held to the fire to some degree. I think it's it, it keeps you engaged. It keeps you, you you hungry for, you know, how to solve very, very difficult problems for our, our customers and people out there in the world. Um, so why don't we dig into, um, I know that there's a lot in the research report and we're certainly going to be sharing the link um, in the show notes for anyone who wants to grab the findings because they are very compelling. Um, and you've been in incredibly thorough in your recommendations as well, and we won't get through all of it today. But um, at high level, you discovered that there were five challenges to moving to hybrid. Um, do you want to just give us a, a quick snapshot? Of yeah, sure. Yeah, we deployed the survey and it was kind of like, okay, what are we going to find? There wasn't a huge um, agenda there beyond that we did want to look and see how short video could work into, you know, because that's, a, that's our product. But the th thematically in terms of the challenges that we saw, um, and we, we also combined some interviews with leaders in the space, looking at other research as well. But um, number one is related to just being competitive. And I think a lot of these findings will be things that you see pe people talking about. But really that there's a talent war on now. And if you're not really listening to your employees and the people you're recruiting and delivering the kind of environment that they want, meaning flexible, um, that, you know, your competitors are going after you. I mean, I was just looking at Twitter today and someone said Deloitte has now announced that they're remote first. And so now BCG, McKinsey, every other big consulting firm kind of has to too. If they, otherwise they're going to have a huge, you know, disadvantage when it comes to recruiting. So I think that's across the board. So people want, you know, we saw just like all the other surveys, people really want flexible work. On the flip side, they also have some concerns about the employees do around the, um, the downsides of remote. And that's really where it comes into culture. The second theme is that tr your traditional corporate culture has been upended. And I think we've looked at culture as the domain of HR and it's the ping pong tables and all the you know perks essentially but what google and others have found that you know the kings of perks have found that you know the employees weren't missing those perks that much they were really missing the human connection and um we were talking about one of your past podcasts just recently about how important purpose is and i think that that really is part of the same theme of of corporate culture being upended it really is just stripped bare and if there wasn't a strong alignment on mission, vision, and purpose, then, you know, the ping pong tables are gone. So like, you know, just the fun and atmosphere isn't, you know, isn't the thing that's gonna keep you together. So that's the second theme. Third was around inclusion and belonging. Of course, something that was critically important before the pandemic, um, but just it matters more than ever to get it right. Um, because there isn't kind of this glue of like all being in the same room and, you know, kind of picking up as much on, on cues that you really have to be even better. And it can't be quarterly, you know, training, diversity training. It really has to be a consistent, um, inclusive approach. Um, the fourth was is called return to normal at your peril. And what we mean by that is you know, the good old days weren't always all, all that good. <laughs> you know, maybe for some people who really enjoyed getting out of the house and they really like had a great commute and they, they were, you know, living their best lives going to the office. But for a lot of people, they were excluded. They weren't in the, you know, the right clicks or whatever it may be. Um, they had responsibilities at home that kept them away from some of the, um, you know, 
golf outings or whatever it might be. And so just saying that, like, you know, of course we want to see each other again and we're, we're human beings and we have that need, but back to normal isn't the right phraseology. And then finally, and getting more into kind of our world, was that the current tool set just falls short as it relates to hybrid work. So Slack and Zoom, I'll just use those two terms generically, those were in place before the pandemic. We were using Slack in our office, even of 20 people, and we were all in the same room, we were using Slack, and we were using video conferencing um, all the time. So how is that suddenly gonna cover every type of work that you're doing? And so I think it's just a great time, and we found in our data, it was like 73% of our respondents were saying, we need new tools. If you looked, you know, you punched that out for Gen Z and millennials in the workplace, it was like over 80%. They're really looking for tools that are, you know, meet their needs. Um, so that was kind of the final challenge was just kind of, it's time to relook at your tools and be very purposeful about it. It could be you have the right tools, but the wrong rules around using those tools. But, you know, we're hoping that that relook will, you know, include things like Jostle and Voodle where people, you know, you can kind of have this digital HQ essentially where everybody can experience the culture the same way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that is certainly something that we're thinking about at, at Jostle as well around, you know, how do we put the right tools into people's hands to use at different junctures in their day, right? And how does that contribute to their overall experience, whether they're in the office or somewhere virtual? Um, but what struck me as I was listen, listening to you talk about those five challenges is just, it feels to me like this whole notion of connection is actually what is sitting at the heart of, um, you know, the, the real obstacles to us as we move into these different forms of working together. Um, you know, we can call them hybrid or, you know, put together all sort of different types of working together. But, but notionally, the real challenge for us overall is connection, right? Whether it's a tool you're using or having the right kind of interaction with someone that gives you the more sort of psychological connection that you need or the emotional connection versus a um, transactional connection. Um, so would you say that that's accurate? Have you been thinking about it in similar ways? Yeah, I, exactly. And I mentioned Britt Andreata and part of her um, kind of IP essentially that she's bringing to the table for us is around um, the aspects of high performing teams. You know, that's what we all want. It doesn't matter if we're in the same room, we're global, we're, you know, on different floors, whatever it may be, we want high performing teams. And she kind of portrays these gates that you have to get through in order to have a team that's performing at its peak. The first thing is safety, and that could be physical safety. You know, us office workers don't worry about that as much, but certainly other, other businesses you do. Um, but also psychological safety, which is obviously a hot topic, and, and you hear people talk about it all the time, just this feeling of being included. And she has this interesting um, statistic around when you are feeling excluded, um, the part of your brain that lights up is the same as when you're feeling physical pain. So that's how important it is. And that's biological because back in, you know, the tribal days, um, or, you know, like you needed to stay together and else if you were excluded from the tribe, you know, the, uh, 
bear might eat you or whatever it may be. Like it's really biological. So that baseline, that first gate is safety. The next one is purpose. And we've been talking about that. You need to know why I'm here, you know, and that what I'm doing is important and can add value to what the purpose of the company is. And then the third is belonging. And I think that's what you're getting at this, this um, trust, this, um, you know, really this feeling of respect and like I can bring my whole self to work and not spend a bunch of time covering, you know, and pretending that, you know, I'm somebody that I'm not essentially. So that ability to really feel like you have a strong sense of belonging is critical to hit that peak performance. And once you say all that, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, if I'm spending half my time covering up that I have a mental con condition or whatever it is that makes me feel other, then that's going to be half my brain space. And so the other half is focused on work. What if you could have 100% of your brain space focused on work? So that human connection and belonging is critically important. And I do think it is a thread that goes throughout kind of some of those themes. So yeah, it's, and I'm sure that's probably something that inspires you guys as well, that there's just this baseline of connectiveness. And it's not just, you know, because it feels good or, you know, it's like, nice to have it's actually critical to productivity and we even saw in our survey it was upwards of i think almost 60 percent said i am more pro like even like was aware that i am more productive when i have close personal connections with those that i work with and so that's even people noticing that versus you know the subconscious brain brain science of it all yeah we actually did uh a survey ourselves, as I mentioned at the beginning, around um, we were studying us, us at Jostle together with um, Dr. Erin Barth at Dialectic, and we were looking at the impact of remote work on feelings of inclusion and connection. And similar to you, like there were definitely some, even though we came at it from quite a different perspective to you, there were definitely some um, similarities in what we were hearing from our respondents. And, um, you know, one of the, the most sort of provocative thoughts that came out of this or, or pieces of data that actually came, it wasn't a thought, it was a piece of data that came out of the survey was this notion that people are actually feeling more productive while working from home. But at the same time, they're having tremendous drop-offs in their feelings of isolation. Um, they're feeling more lonely. Um, they're feeling like they're spending less time socially connected to their co-workers. So our thesis is that we're basically trading off for people. We are, we are basically saying, well, yes, be productive. Um, but if we don't change what we're doing, we're actually going to see a dipping of how you are actually feeling when you're in, in the workplace. And like that's of, of tremendous concern for the long run. Like it might have been okay if this was just like a two-week stint that we were all doing and we were prepared to accept that. Um, but the, the, the trade-off of carrying on in this sort of um, crisis mode of operating, which is really what it is, um, you're actually disadvantaging your people if, if you're not prepared to start to supplement um, the way you're working with some of those more... Um, emotional support structures that you need to have in and, and it's not about you know having virtual hugs it's actually about fulfilling the need for human connection and when people are more connected to what they're or who they're working with um, the quality of their work is that much better and I think your your study is bearing out 
the same data, right? As, as I'm understanding it from you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even just all of us, it was kind of like forced remote, but like, you know, maybe it'll just be a couple months, you know, we'll just hang in there. And then it was like, okay, this is longer, but productivity hasn't fallen off. I mean, that was kind of the big news last summer and fall was like productivity was still there, if not better, you know? Um, and people were more worried about burnout and, you know, the other side of the coin than productivity. And like, okay, maybe we'll be okay. Well, by the time of the end of the year rolled around and another inspiration for the research was, okay, something's wrong. <laughs> like something's broken. Now we're getting into like Slack fights and like, you know, the Zoom is just out of control and all of that. So it's like, okay, I think people are ready, you know, for, for new solutions. And it does come down to, you know, what is you know, reinventing kind of like a build back better, not to quote Joe Biden, but like, it's like, instead of just saying, okay, this is the old way, how do you replicate that in the, in the virtual world, but rather, is there a better way where it's, you know, you know, what we found, like, again, back with our solution with short video asynchronous, it means that if you're doing a brainstorm, everybody can participate. It doesn't matter if you're in the office, out of the office, had to go home and meet the cable guy, whatever was going on with your life. Everybody gets an equal 60 second voodle. And not only that, the, the people who can think on their feet and respond right away in a brainstorm have a voice, as do the people who have to go back and think and come up with their, you know, have their aha moment, you know, six hours later. And so that inclusivity could, you know, again, back to like returning to normal at your peril, it like, you know, that just getting into a room to brainstorm for an hour might not have been ideal. What is a better way? How do our brains work? How do we get the best work out of people? What's a better way to do that? And I think that's kind of what you're getting at is like, it's not just you know, how do we replicate what was happening in the office? Because maybe it wasn't so good, but what are the new solutions knowing that, you know, work has changed and it was already changing. It just sped up a little bit in terms of this flexible, distributed, you know, inclusive workplace. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that because I've been thinking a lot recently about not so much trying to replace what we've lost in as we move into this new imagining of work, but rather being innovative and adding additional things and new things and new dimensions to the way that we work together. So, because I feel like you're never going to be able to say, well, I really miss walking into a meeting, chit-chatting with my coworker. Like, I miss that. I miss being in person with that, that person. Yeah. Well, you're not going to be able to get that exactly replicated in a virtual form. Like unless you have like robots with like iPads and heads, like driving around and you kind of are next to the person like that sounds fantastic, but I mean, it's not practical, right? So how do we understand, well, what's actually going on in the brain around the desire that needs to be satisfied and how do we then satisfy that with a digital or virtual equivalent of that? So I think that there's still a lot that is going to unfold for us. And I mean, we're at a really fascinating point in, in human work. And I think it's an amazing opportunity for us to be framing and shaping things for a better and more positive experience for people. Yeah, I love what you were just saying, because uh, someone on my team is just starting this thing and it's kind of like reinventing the water cooler moment because everybody would be, oh, we missed the water cooler moments and innovation happens in these water cooler moments and it's like, when did that, I mean, for me, I remember the water cooler and it was like, we talk about Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> we were, you know, forming relationships, but I don't think that you want to rely on that for like your innovation of people like running into each other in the hallway and stuff. So I do think it's an opportunity to go, oh, there are these, you know, serendipity and just bouncing ideas and there's something there, but was the old way the best way? We don't know. Like, are there new ways, you know, and that's, that's what certainly people have experimented with using our platform is like, oh, you can share actually when it comes to sharing culture and personal stuff using short video, it's like, you know, this is my house. This is my dog. This is my, that's much better than like an icebreaker where you're going around uh, the room and, and saying, you know, what was the first concert you went to or whatever. It's a lot more fun to see a video and it's like, here I am in my t-shirt or whatever it is. So there's, there is an opportunity for things to be, you know, to be reinvented in a way that's like, oh, that's more efficient. That's more inclusive. And I actually have gotten to know these people so much better. I mean, that's definitely been my experience. I worked with um, this one guy, Ting Yi, for two years before we went remote. And I just didn't, we had one personal joke that we had together. <laughs> and that was kind of it. And now I know he catches mice and he has a chainsaw and he, he does yard work on the weekends. And I have a visual of all of those things that I just never would have ever achieved in just like this, you know, romanticized office time. So yeah, I love this kind of idea of not just, um, replacing or whatever, but it's like reinventing is, is a great that you, a word that you used. I really like that word. Yeah. And I, I do think that in terms of what this means for innovation and for working better together, I, I do think that the, the, the chit chat and the organic sort of in the moment chatter, um, in and of itself, I don't think it, it creates innovation, but I think it gives us that social glue and has that trust building capacity, um, that relating capacity where you start to get to know someone as a human rather than just another person behind a video screen. Um, so I think that we definitely need to be emphasizing and prioritizing those social moments for people um, and those those moments that allow us to see more than just the person's face with their headset on. Yeah. Like, I think that is what's what's really important. And that's what we were emphasizing in our um, research findings, is that if you're looking for quick ways to help people um, gain trust and build relationships in their workday, um, you've got to find those avenues for those quick social connections because they add up to have a lot of value for you in um, your, your workday with each other. Yeah, that reminds me of, a, I think I, we put this quote at the end, I can't remember, but Brene Brown, who, you know, she's got the most famous <laughs> TED Talk on, on Netflix, I think, but um, she has this concept of marbles in the jar. So you don't just build trust in one moment. It's like all these, okay, I said I would do this and then I followed through, another marble in the jar, you know? So you build, and then if, you know, things get tough, you know, you might lose a couple out of the jar, but there's this like reservoir and those those can't just be, you know, like, tr you know, built once a year. It has to be those, you know, of course you can fill it up a bunch, you know, on your annual retreat or whatever it may be, but in all those moments, you, you're either building or degrading trust. Um, and so I love that idea. And we've just gotten into these idea of like micro connections, you know, all these moments, you know, and it could be, you know, kind of the opposite of like microaggressions that we always hear about, but it's like, why not keep building in every moment and let people share a little bit of themselves? Um, you know, not everything, but just, you know, this, this 
this little scene or another and start to build up that that trust and that's so important for um, you know it's really kind of at the heart of um, successful remote or distributed working is that there's got to be this level of trust and then alignment and then on the outside is like good communication but if you're missing that heart you're kind of you're you're dead in the water essentially yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I know that in your, your report, you, you had talked about the various steps to a successful or a winning hybrid environment as you explain it. And um, a lot of what we've just been talking about are those things that we should be paying attention to as leaders within our workplace environments. But um, is there anything else that you have been advising in your report that we haven't already touched on that you might want to share with us before we wrap up the conversation? Here? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think we were kind of getting into the solution because, you know, I think the data is there, whether it's our report, your report, Future Forum from Slack. There's, there's so many great reports out there about, you know, what's happening in the workplace um, and you know where things are going like it's you know the writings on the wall But what do you do about it? You know, there's big things and little things and I think when you get to the solution section of um, Our report it really is, you know, this discussion we were just having about micro moments whether that's your inclusivity efforts of course you're gonna have big long-term programs around diversity and inclusion, but what you know, how are you allowing people to really um, be their true selves and their authentic selves in small ways. Um, and same with those micro connections we were just talking about. And then that, the, the, that your culture, again, is no longer the posters on the wall and the snacks in the kitchen, but it's your culture book or you know, whatever's available about your culture. And it's things like your platform and ours, you know, it's in the cloud and it's a place where you can quickly understand, well, what is this company all about and is it for me? And so it's just rethinking those things um, and creating that new um, culture space. So yeah, I think we covered a lot of our kind of solution areas in the discussion because of course that's always, <laughs> that's always the desire is to like, let's get into the solutions. And um, I think it's a really exciting time. And I, I was kind of saying at the beginning, I'm, almost, I'm kind of over the word hybrid at this point because I feel like every person who said that word to me, I've asked what it meant to them and it's like something totally different it's just how it is the work is distributed people are it's going to get more and more flexible you know covid if there was ever a silver lining it was that you know everybody had the aha moment that like you can be productive and work from anywhere essentially so that's all great now i'm kind of interested in um, well, what about, you know, multi-generation at work and that being distributed? What does that look like? Um, and we'll probably take our data and, and look at it by um, age group. There's some interesting insights there. And so continuing to say, well, what is this? What, you know, what does the future of work look like and how can te technology make it better, not worse? I think we keep hearing about, oh, Zoom fatigue or whatever, like we keep hearing like the downsides of the technology and we just need to be together, but like, that's not really the point, it's just using it the right way. And Zoom is amazing for, you know, like it's a miracle in a lot of ways that we can all get, you know, see each other's faces and have a meeting, but that doesn't mean it's good for everything. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of like where we're really interested in looking at and kind of moving beyond the hybrid discussion and into just this kind of idea of how do you maximize, you know, peak performance of teams. Yeah, I really like that you're emphasizing the performance angle of it because you're absolutely right. It, it doesn't really matter where people physically are. 
Um, I think if you're focusing on the physical placement of people, you're, you're actually focusing on the wrong thing. Um, because as we've proven over the past 18 months, humans can adapt and change quite quickly to continue to be productive and continue to perform at a, at a very high level against some, you know, fairly strenuous external conditions <laughs> like a, a global health crisis, right? So I think where we need to move now is to, so that, that was hybrid in the context of a global pandemic, like, or it was remote work in the context of a global pandemic. What is our opportunity to imagine remote, hybrid, dispersed work in the context of a stable environment where we get to control some more of the variables. Imagine what that offers us. You know, if we were able to do it under duress, imagine if we did it by choice, what could we do together, right? And technology 100% has to help us in that effort. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, what, what Voodle is going to do in the, in the coming months. And uh, I, uh, I'd just like to end by asking if you could give um, folks who are listening um, one tip around if you were a leader today and you were thinking about your next step as an organization, what's the most practical advice you have for those people? Well, I guess just going through it ourselves and I was kind of leading that charge. I do think if the, you know, your values and mission and vision are not written down and agreed to, I think that's super important and has nothing to do with my solution at all, but just like you need to have that written down and, you know, all, you know, remote first companies like GitLab and others, they're very huge on documentation and how important it is. And there might be different levels of documentation, but for me, it's like, if you don't have that, just like why we're here um, and what we value and what's important to us written down and also that it's something that's authentic. Like you probably have to do a survey or something to make sure it's authentic to your company. But to me, that's kind of table stakes and hopefully, you know, most companies have done that. And then I think it is like an audit of the tools that you're using, what's working, what's not, and maybe what's missing and what you might want to add in. Like we've just been thinking about things like Jostle and you know, a place where it's like all that stuff can be seen that isn't just like a, a shared doc, but it's something where it's like this is kind of your lobby of your um, of your building, essentially, but but in the virtual space. So to me, it's like kind of putting down that most important information and then auditing how work gets done um, as as part of writing it down, but also like, well, is this working? Is this not? Um, and then I think it's that build back better idea instead of cut and paste. Well, we used to do it this way. What's the virtual version of that, but rather what are we trying to achieve? Um, and you know, with those offsites or whatever it may be, um, you know, with the water cooler, what was the outcome? What were we trying to achieve and are there new ways to achieve it? So that's probably a big mouthful, not really one piece of advice, but if it was one thing, you really do need to make sure everybody's clear on your purpose. And then beyond that, I think it's like, how does work get done? And, and are people truly engaged? Because I got, I've been hearing like, this is the great resignation year, like 40% of the people are pretty loose in the socket and, and interested in potentially finding new roles. So it, it's time to really look at that and take it quite seriously as a business imperative. I really like that image of loose in the socket. That is like very compelling. So I may use that going forward. <laughs> 
we need to get people plugged in and and uh, you know get make sure that they are you know have enough spark to continue on and enough reason to be with us right so coming back to your point about purpose and why they're yeah. there so well, thanks, Rachel. This has been a, a wonderful chat, um, a good insight into your research and what you care about at Voodle. And um, like I said, we'll make the findings available um, in the show notes. And um, yeah, just uh, keep up the great work. And uh, I'm sure that our paths will continue to cross as we work on this next step of what work looks like together. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me and all the great thought leadership that you guys are doing as well. So kindred spirits. <laughs> Absolutely. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of People at Work. It would mean a lot to us if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. The more reviews we get, the more people discover the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to ensure that you don't miss an episode. You can do this wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can reach me at bev at jostle.me or find me on LinkedIn. Until next time, take care.